Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of This is the Turned On Podcast. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> this is. Um, my name is David Nori. To my left is the woman who really loves to put purses and clothes and things on top of stuff that I'm looking for, like my, my keys, my wallet, tools, and I can't find it. And she looks at me as if like I'm irresponsible for losing something. And a half hour later, I pick up her purse or I pick up some clothes and lo and behold, there's what I was looking for. It's amazing what happens when you actually clean up after yourself. And this is marriage, folks. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this marriage. is marriage. So here we are today. Here we are. And thank you. Like David said, welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. And we are joined by someone very special today. Uh, her name is Molly Trotter, and she is a former news anchor and reporter turned full-time entrepreneur by way of several different avenues, one being network marketing, which is becoming like this theme, I feel, so many people discover network uh, entrepreneurship through the avenue and training wheels of network marketing, which is funny because that's kind of how we ended up here. But yeah, and you know, I wasn't I wasn't in front of the camera like like Molly was, but I was certainly you know news got me my start. I was mm -hmm. in the news for she's uh, twenty years, and and it's a great transition to what we're doing today. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we have in common there. Yeah. And we're excited to talk with you. So Molly, thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, got it. Yeah. We always ask our guests, like, what was their turned on moment? You know, really, you know, how you ended up where you are today, but more importantly, what they, what the juice is for them um, this afternoon when they listen. Absolutely. Well, it's funny when you guys asked me about that moment, I thought of two, one that happened just six months ago, but I'll give them like the back back story of how I even got out of the news to now. Cause that's usually where people are like, how did you, what, is, that makes no sense. Why would you leave? I got into news to give the underdog a story, right? Or to give them a voice for their story. And when I got into the news, it was just, you guys turn on the TV, you know, doom, gloom, destruction. It's like, if it bleeds, it leads. David and I were talking about that. Yeah. And it's so true. So they quickly realized that I was a person that had my own voice and I was like, no, I'm not going to report on that. Or they put me on the morning show so I could do, you know, more fun stuff because I had a lot of personality. But I just quickly realized that it was just, it was going nowhere fast. I was my own videographer. I had to go out, capture my own stories. I put myself in danger constantly. They didn't care for a little paycheck, crappy hours, hardly any time off. I was on the anchor desk for Christmas so many different times. Thanksgiving, it's just, you, you gave up a lot of life to be on TV for just, you know, your, your 15 minutes, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, 
of fame, right? So my turned on moment, you know, after I ended up getting fired from the news industry, and I'm sure we'll jump into that at some point, was just like, you know what, like, I want to actually go empower the world and, and help them with their purpose and really get into that. And how do you want to express that? How do you want to be authentically yourself? So when I got out of the news industry, network marketing was there. I was doing it for about a year, uh, just for a side hustle. But it really did, like you said, Angelique, nurture me into what entrepreneurship was all about and put me in such a great place to really grow some roots in the entrepreneurship field and do what I thought was more impactful instead of if it bleeds, it leads. It's like, I want to empower people, you know, influence people to really be their, their best self. Yeah. What's interesting, uh, Molly, uh, is your story is because we see so many, they become familiar faces, um, you know, and, and then we see this persona. And like you said, it's always, it's either doom and gloom, but it's, it's presented in this very happy way. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. let's go to Molly. Uh, Molly, you're at a train accident. How's that going out there? Right. And, and, and they try and say how bad it is, but we, we lose the human connection. I think that's what I see from my perspective as a, as a, a viewer is I've said to Angelique many times, I go, it almost seems like they've disconnected from the actual story or people. And it's almost like, Hey, you know what? It's more about how many views can we get on this or can we get people nervous? So let's talk about that because I know there's a faith walk in there and, mm -hmm. and if wrap yourself around that, is there, when we watch people in general, um, is there room for faith in, in public uh, media? Television, no, but there's some handy things called an Instagram Live, a Facebook Live. You know, there's a lot of different Digital video soldiers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so in that realm, yes. Um, and so that was like, when I told you I had like two turned on moments six months ago, it really was diving all into, you know what? Society says you can't talk about politics and faith. Well, politics, I'm going to put on the shelf for a little bit. Sometimes that comes out. But the thing with faith is... A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to jump down your throat if you don't believe what I believe. I'm just like, no, I know there's something different about me. I know there's a different light about me, a different way that I walk. I'm going to just going to live it out and show you, but not be afraid to talk about it. Not be afraid to talk about, you know, like who my Lord and Savior is. Not be afraid to talk about like what's a staple in my life. And so right at the beginning of the pandemic, I literally had that question and was talking with God. I was like, we have no idea where this is going to go. How do you want to use me? And so coming out of that, um, on my Instagram, Facebook, I changed my little bio under my picture to like kingdompreneur, you know, faith first, letting people know that that is number one in my life. Everything else follows. Little did I know, I thought I'd get a lot of backlash and I got some, but more so people were like, oh my gosh, I love that. So they didn't have that in their profile, but because they touched on that, now I know where they're at that deeper connections there. And now I'm just tightening the circle for mm -hmm. personal business and all the above. And mm -hmm. it feels great because you know that there's something bigger there for them. Yeah. I love it. It's like a go first, you know, people, they're looking for people to go first. And what happens is when you do, and you see that it's like, okay, here's the support. And like you said, it's natural. It's like, am I going to offend anybody? But we can't worry about other people because our walk is our walk. Um, and so I admire that and, and I know that you have an influence. So talk to me about what that is like now, um, because you've seen so much and, and at your young age still, you've seen so much, mm -hmm. but yet you're, you're taking on this new direction, kind of where the world is. So I feel like the timing is good. Talk about timing of what you're doing. 
Oh gosh, it is. You're absolutely right. The the timing was once you just walk in obedience and you're like, all right, Lord, how do you want to use me? And then he can be the puppeteer of your life. Be like, okay, let me guide you here. Have faith. Cause I had the puppeteering side of the news and the world and that felt horrible, but then you translate it over the faith and it feels really good because you know, it's right. I feel like I'm in a place right now where I'm pioneering something where a lot of people are scared to go. But what was so crazy is during this whole time of <clears throat> figuring out what that was going to look like. Cause you just, I have nobody to follow. Like I know there's other people doing it. I just don't know where they are. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, how do I, how would I want this to look? Here comes a, um, a women's empowerment group that I'm a part of now helping grow. And they asked me to create a course. The first thing that came up was how to share your faith in business. Cause I'd done it for several months leading up to this, but now it really started to steamroll. The ladies inside of this group that are watching this course, the amount of feedback that I'm getting, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something here. People just don't know how to go about it. It's the mm -hmm. mechanics of things. And it's also a confidence level and having that thick skin that no matter what somebody else says, like you said, David, so good. It's your walk. It's how God's calling you. And I know looking back now from mm -hmm. where I was in the news industry, God put me in there to have that big platform know what that's like, because I could only imagine if I was starting to get, you know, some, some clout and some space on, you know, Facebook and then yeah. YouTube, I'd want to go the bigger route. Well, he's like, no, no, no. This is like the quote unquote top here. This, it, this is what it is. Like just skirt, like this is not for you. Interesting. Um, that's what I see now. And so I'm so grateful for the connections and that, that title honestly has got me in places that I'm like, <laughs> people are so silly, but I mean, it's part of my life. It's part yeah. of how I put myself out there. So I love being able to see now full circle to finish wrapping up the question that you had is women being like, Oh wow, this is possible. I can do this. It does take some confidence being unapologetic, being authentic and just, and just going for it no matter what people say. So once you get that down, it doesn't matter if you, love me you block me you unfriend me it doesn't really I don't really care it's not for you because I've had my family do that to me several times on social media I love them but they don't like how open I am about things and that's all right but it's not for them right it's for mm -hmm. other people that God's trying to draw to me amen. so he can speak through me to them amen yeah you know several years ago through our journey in entrepreneurship I um I distinctly heard God say to me, put me in coach. Like it was like, knock, 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 put me in coach. And the reason why is very similar to what you're sharing. Um, there was just such an extraction of, of the spirit of, of God in business where anytime you wrote a keynote or did a website or anything, it's like, ah, it's a little God heavy or you need to take that out so that you can this or that. And I'm like, um, I don't know how else to talk. Like, this is exactly how I got to where I was. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, demystify it or deglorify him in the process. So I'm really curious because I mean, I know what I've done, but I'm sure the, the listeners want to hear from you, you know, when the world says one thing, but then God says something else, what does that look like for you in business right now? And um, essentially, what's the struggle that comes with that? Because doesn't mean, just because we have a strong faith doesn't mean that our flesh isn't flawed and we don't fall, you know, into a trap of, oh, you know, maybe I should, you know, temper that or whatever. Like, talk to us about the two sides of the coin there. That's so good. And I just have to say, your guys' questions are so great. I've done so many podcasts and I love how, like, you just like, I mean, you dive right in there. So everybody listening, like, 
gems. These two are gems. <laughs> so, because um, it really gets to the heart of the, the issue or whatever we want to talk about. And so it's yeah. so good, especially from somebody who's asked so many questions of other people. Um, so anyways, to answer that question, oh gosh, how would I... That's good. So basically it's how do I keep, you're asking like, how do I keep God in there? What does that look like when my flesh is trying to say like, no, 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 no. You got to be quiet about this. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of moments where, you know, you're just like, when, whether, whether it's a relationship or business, we have moments where we're kind of stepping in line with the sort of the beat of the drum of the world. And then all of a sudden your spirit's like, er, pump the brakes. This is not how I want it to look. And that's where we kind of have to release the white knuckling of the control that we think that we do have and start surrendering it over to God and saying, all right, like you said, he's puppeteering this like a chess match. Like, okay, I thought I knew what my next move was, but apparently I was wrong. So what, what does that feel like for you? Give us a story or an instance of, you know, perhaps the time that it happened and how you navigate through it, because everyone suffers with that, I believe. Yeah, I will go because I know when we are talking before this podcast, we're like business relationships. I love talking about business, but I love talking about relationships because everything rises and falls on that. If something, totally. if, you have, if you have a rotten relationship in your life, it's going to trickle into everything else. Mm-hmm. So take dating, for example, I'm 30 years old. Um, I just recently got engaged. Before then, I've, I've dated quite a few people. I remember this one instance where I completely turned God off altogether because I was dating a non-believer, thought I could fix him, right? We all, I can't say we all, but I've definitely been in that fixing realm where I'm like, oh, I, I can really help you. And then I was like, after it all, and I ended up breaking up with him, I just felt so guilty. And I just turned that off and I was like, never again. You know, they have to have something there. And then it, it just kept growing. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, no, I need somebody who really is that equally yoked or on the same path, we can grow together. And um, I've never had like, I can't say never, there's fleshly moments, even in, you know, this relationship, obviously with my fiance, there's those moments. But even in that, we've, we've decided to wait to have sex until we get married. That's a whole nother conversation. But like, you know, flesh will be like, hey, it's okay. You guys are married. The ring's there. Da, da, da. And I'm just like, no, like God designed this for this. You know, I'm, I've been pure in my past, so I know what that's like. Yeah. He has. And so I know what that's like. And like, okay, like I want to, I want to wait. I want to see what this is like and see how God can, can bless mm. this. And so that's one thing where the world's like, oh, it's cool. Move in, you know, have sex. If you get pregnant, it's okay. He's still let, like, it's all these little right. lies. And you see all this brokenness out there that ripples into everything else. And so that's a really big instance right. because I know my friends and family have looked at me being like, wait, like nothing like at all. Like, you're going to get married, like nothing. Like, you don't even know what that's like. I'm like, and that's okay. Like, oh my gosh, you guys, there's so many, (laughs) there's so many other big factors other than what happens in the bedroom and you can grow in that. So I know that's like, people are probably like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's talking about that. Well, we went there. I love it. Yeah. Something where it's it's like, that's huge, you know? You said that's for another story. That's going to be this, that's going to be a big part of this story. I want to honor that right now because look, here's what happens. If we don't have examples of people who will come forward and be brave and say things that aren't culturally the norm now, then how are we ever going to change things? Like I always ask the question, hey, how's that working out for you? Like the opposite, right? So if we don't have you coming on and saying this, right? And, and, well, people are, well, something wrong with them. Are they weird? No, I'm sure they want to have sex. It's normal. 
You know, I've seen, I've seen Jonathan. He's a good looking man. You're an attractive woman. So there's nothing wrong there, but people won't see this or understand it because society and culture has told them just the opposite. And so I always go back to that question. Well, how is the opposite working for you? How's that turning out? Is the world getting better or worse? Right? We have to ask ourselves that question and we'll be transparent. Let's dive into this because there's so much other stuff that we can talk about, but we need to talk about this. Angelique and I went to go get married. Obviously, look, uh, I won't even get into my past because I'll tell you, I, w- I felt so many times I felt guilty waking up on a Sunday morning and being to someone, hey, you got to go because I got to go to church now. I mean, that's a terrible feeling because um, I knew it. But I grew up Catholic and I grew up thinking that anything, when you're a Catholic boy, they constantly put that Bible verse that if you even look at somebody with lust, pluck your eye out and they don't tell you anything about it. They just, so you're going around going, well, geez, I'm going to be blind for the rest of my life because I'm going to pl- have to pluck my eyes out, you know, before noon. And I was, I never asked my mom at a young age. I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm 16. You know, I go, I literally said this verbatim 100%. I remember as clear as yesterday. I go, mom, why would God put these hormones in me? Why would he do this to me to test me if I'm not supposed to use them? And I tried to find a biblical source for this. I tried to say, well, you know, geez, if Joseph was what they say, 14 or 15, when he got together with Mary, you know, okay, there, there's an instance (laughs) that the hormones were there already. But this is about us. We tried to do it. We went to a a premarital counseling and, and the priest said this, the Greek priest, he said, have you guys been together? And we said, yes. He goes, okay, I'd like you to not, even though you have it and you, and you, you can't go backwards. He goes, I'd like you to try over again. He goes, and for this reason, and listen up folks. And I'll, and I'll have Molly respond to this. He said, because in marriage, there are going to be times when things are difficult and things start off now. And you guys, you guys are, it's new and you, you just, you can't keep your hands off one another, but it's not always going to be like that. And, and sex will never be that equalizer. It'll never make things all right. Like sometimes it does now. There will be times when kids will be sick. There'll be times when bills will have to be paid and sex has nothing to do with that. So you need to practice that. And so there are real applications, but we don't have good examples. And if you saw someone wearing like uh, a ring, what they have, what they call the rings now, where they have promise ring or something mm-hmm. where they do it or, or a shirt that says saving there. It's almost like, wow, look at that freak of nature because our mm-hmm. society's become that way. I'm just being real. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to talk about this and honor this decision because I think it's important. <clears throat> yeah, that is, you're absolutely right. And here's the sad part. I, so I went to private school. Well, sad things happen. All right. I went to private school first through eighth grade. I had that promise ring and in eighth and seventh grade. And then one day I lost it. And I said, is this a sign? Oh no. You know, I like freaked out. Cause it was like a beautiful ring. My mom bought me. But at the end of the day, like I fell, I sinned. It happens. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. And you're right. I'm glad we went this route. Cause we talked about, it could go this way. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't be, it's not talked about because Jonathan and I were talking about, we do a show on Monday called the God given couple on my Facebook. And we've been wanting to do this series, virgin versus non-virgin or something like that, just to explain the different sides. And I'm like, man, about to put myself on blast like big time. (laughs) And and then they're going to look at him and be like, well, like, what's wrong with you? And his answer is simple. It was like, 
I, once I hit my twenties, I never found a woman that really like, I wanted to give that to once I hit my twenties. I'm like, I'm not just going to waste it on anybody. And I'm like, dude, like that, the amount of respect is like sky high. So it's, it's interesting because again, we, I've never heard anybody talk about it, but there's so many things that people go through like this very instance, what you two went through, what we go through, like everybody goes through, but nobody talks about it. So that's how, you know, these pregnancies happen out of wedlock. That's how all these mistakes are, that's how diseases are spread. Like there's so many different things that it's like, like you said, how's that working out for you? Is that really worth it? Is the stress of like, oh my gosh, could I be pregnant? Is this birth control working? Is this, is this condom going to work? Like, you know, it's like, ah, like that's just, it's heavy. It's heavy. And the world's heavy enough without adding that into it and bringing a child into the world that didn't have a choice. And so, um, I'm sorry. What was your question? I think I got lost. <laughs> you know, this is because it's, it's rare. I, and I think, look, our listeners out there, guys, you know, tune in here because this is rare. And, and, and it's, I'm not saying it's rare like something. We need to get back to this. You know, I'm, I have two daughters right now. I'm about to have a third. And, and certainly the subject is tough for a dad with three daughters. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something you want to think about, you know. And, and dads will always go, well, I remember what I was like when I was that age. And yeah. And Angelique says, I have three daughters because of my past. Um, but here, exactly. here, here's the I thing. All the women you wished for that, you have them now. You said something, Molly, a couple minutes ago that's very important. Well, men will look at Jonathan and will say, well, are you okay? What's wrong with you? Almost like that's, almost like that's something to not mm-hmm. be honored. And I look at just the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say to myself, you know, men always add notches to their belt and, and women always kind of, di- you know, diminish the number, right? If we're talking about the number. <laughs> um, uh, and, and you'll see that it goes in different directions because culturally what's acceptable is completely different. So we said, hey, man, you're, you're a stud uh, if you have been with a lot of woman, women. And women, hey, you know, you're this if you've been with a lot of men. It's completely different. But yet we're trying to bring, we're trying to bring equality to the world. We're trying to bring faith to the world. We're trying to make things different where divorce doesn't happen, where, like you said, babies aren't born out of wedlock where people have a better chance to get married. So why can't we honor this man? Because look, when you have self-control in anything, if someone has a six-pack, a guy has a six-pack, right? And you look at him and you see, he works out every day. Wow, I respect that guy. I honor that guy because of what? Your self-control and your discipline. But it's not the same when it comes to sex. Why? Oh, that's so good. Why? Uh, that's good. That's good. You know, that is... Um... I think it's because no one can relate to that. People can somewhat relate to a six pack because there's a lot more people with a six pack than people that are waiting until they get married. Like that's mm-hmm. just a fact. So people are like, okay, if I, if I diet and if I eat right, or if I eat right and exercise, water intake, da, 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 da. Okay. I know I can get X, but there's so many other conversations. There's so many other temptations for the latter for if you're going to have sex, because we just for people full of hormones, like you mentioned. So I think it's because it's not, unfortunately relatable because it's, it's just not common. It's not talked about. Mm-hmm. People don't know what that's like. Um, it's the self-control is out of this world and what you got to do. And I literally prayed to God right before, like, I really even realized I had feelings for Johnny. I said, all right, Lord, like I need the switch turned off. Yes. <laughs> I don't want any desire 
nothing. Not that I'm not attracted to him because of course I am, but of like course. sexual desire, I'm like off because I've been there. I've done that. I don't like it. I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm angry at myself. Like I don't want it. He was like, okay, flick down. And it's been down like the entire yeah. year that we've, we've known each other for a while, but we've been dating for about a year. So I'm so grateful for that because it was just like, I was so, I had that heart change, yeah. you know, and that's what it comes down to with people. It's a, it's a heart change. It's a decision. It's like, are you going to get up early and work out or not? It's, 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 if you have it up here in your mind, like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm this and that. Oh, I don't want to get up. But if in that heart change, you're like, I need to do this because boom, boom, boom of this right. result. If more people stuck with that when it comes to being with their partners, yeah. there wouldn't be so many broken people getting with broken people, having broken marriages. They're getting married because they don't know what else is better out there or they just, they're not, they don't have that confidence of love right. for themselves. Like mm -hmm. I see it all the time. And for me, I knew I had to be 100 with myself and be that queen that I wanted to give to my king. So I was prepping myself Amen. before we came along. And that's what I tell all the ladies that come to me asking questions. Well, how do I get this? How do I do that? And I'm just like, look, you're depending on a man to fix you and to support you and help you. Yeah, of course, he's going to be there to support you and help you if he's the right man. But you have to be okay without him too. Mm -hmm. it's, Amen. You can't be broken and broken and become one whole. You need a hole in a hole to make, you know, a pair here. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. And, and say it again. He's your what? What's that K word? He's your king, king right? King. Say, like, say that say because king. look, I mean, there's people out there right now. We have a lot of people who are faith listeners, right? But there's a lot of people who are just, you know, because we talk about business and other things. When somebody refers to somebody as their king, their husband, their future husband as their king. Now, obviously we want to, you know, for Christians, you know, the king, God, king but, Jesus, but yeah. the, the, your earthly king, your husband, the one, and, and I want to treat Angelique like my queen. And if we go back to that kind of, the ab thing. Well, what happens when people cheat on their diets? What happens when people eat bad foods? They feel guilt. You know, they, right? they suffer. They feel guilt too. And, and regret. And then they, they, they want to go in the other direction. So what, what we can go from here is what are people looking for? Let's, let's, we've talked about this and we can keep going with that, but you are a part of a young women's group or a women's group. Um, what are people looking for? nowadays you know the dating apps have changed everything those weren't really around when angelique and i were, were together we met serendipitously i'm a big believer in, in meeting serendipitously although a lot of people do get together via social media and stuff and they have great relationships and great marriages but from the girls or women that you're talking to in this group that you're a part of what are some of the common denominators uh that are the most important that you guys are talking about as christian women you know, I, it's, it's really, I like to, before relationships and business, I like to see where they're at themselves. So I'll even get on calls just to get to know them, just to see where they're at and be that person that I wish I had back then. Right. Like be that person that has that open ear, that has that woke, that awareness, like they, they've been through some stuff. So for example, there's this girl that I met 26 years old. I won't say her name just because her and I've talked about a lot of different things, but yeah. she lives on the other side of the country in New York. We met through this group. We hit it off like that. Being at 26, she's so anxious to find a husband. And I was like, yeah, girl, I get it. I've been on a hubby hunt since 23. Like, trust yeah. me. Like, I thought I was going to get married to a couple different people because I was just trying to rush the process. So she's wanting to, like you mentioned, get on all these dating apps. And I said, why? Well, because this and that, it's FOMO. They don't want to miss out. There's a lot of people in those apps and makes it easier. Um, and I'm just like you. I met 
Johnny through an event that I got invited to because I met somebody on social. So kind of had that interaction, but it was still natural in person. Uh, we met in person first. And so I've never gotten on a dating app ever. I remember ex of mine. He's like, I want to, I want to make a, a bumble for you and see what, a, see what happens. He shut it down in like two hours because of all the messages that, that came through of like guys wanting to whatever. And I'm like, Oh no, like, I don't want that. I don't want to be in their thirst trap because I know exactly what they're thinking. Oh, she's cute. Let's get her in bed. I think she'd be fun until they actually meet me. And they know I'm a person of like, Oh, like if I'm going to do this and if you don't want to do that, then I'm cool. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to bow down to like what you want because a lot of these guys just want control. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, that control comes from an insecurity. So I tell women, I'm like, look, you've got to really look at these men in their relationship and see where they at. They're not going to be perfect. Johnny's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But at the end of the day, what is their relationship with God like? What is their relationship with like maybe like their, their mother and other key relationships Ooh. in their life? How do those look? Because there's that factor of it's not about me. It's bigger than me. And I actually use that hashtag on a lot of things that I, I yeah. put out there on social media because it is. Everything is so much bigger than you and you're part of a ripple that's just happened to, you know. Yeah. Anyways, you're, you're part of that. Cool. So it's at the end of the day for women, it's like, hey, look, like, don't rush the process. If God hasn't put somebody in your life right now, chances are you need to work on you first before you're ready for your king to come into the picture because he could be there and something, it, it may be too early, it may be too That's soon, right. but are you the queen you need to be before he comes, comes in, you know, into the picture? Well, there's a couple of things I want to mention here because we've talked about this a lot on our podcast as, as well as our turned on method. And, um, you know, you talked about two broken people coming together to create a whole, and that's been something that it's a, it's a drum I've beat on for lo- way, probably 10 years before I met David, you know, cause it was, you know, you hear people talk about, Oh, it's 50, 50. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a hundred, hundred. Like I'm, I'm, I'm created in the wholeness and the fullness in the likeness of God. So therefore, there are no mistakes, no gaps, no holes, nothing. That means that all the failed attempts meant that there was something that I had to rise to, not someone to look to to blame or complain about as to why it didn't work out. Now, in our flesh, we want to do that, right? In our flesh, we do. Um, but you were talked about turning that switch on and off. You know, you're like, hey, God, I need to turn this switch off. So there's a couple of things I want to mention. One, going back to the, 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 the whole pieces in the garden with Adam. He's the wholeness and the fullness of God, but he's lonely. God puts him to sleep. He didn't say, eh, Adam's got missing pieces. I got to create a woman. You know, he put him to sleep. He just knew he was lonely. When Adam awoke, because God did his handiwork when Adam was resting, Adam said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he knew her because she was not complete taken from him and the beautiful thing about that is you watch two people that are rising together and those switches were all turned on in your case in our flesh because of the fall you said i need this switch turned off now listener i want you to pay attention to what she said because whether you're talking about relationships or business or anything in your life where we talk about the big four hallways we always talk about the little switches that we can turn on what about the ones we can deliberately turn off so that we don't end up down a dark hallway someday and with relationships as you mentioned turning that switch off 
saves you from brokenness later. Turning that switch off saves you from shame and anger and resentment later. It saves us from that the failed attempts to get to where we want to go. Think about all the broken people walking around that have failed relationship after failed relationship after failed relationship after trying people on to see how they fit after casually dating and casually getting in bed. And then you wake up one day and go, geez, I can't believe I did that. And then you're just ridden with shame and guilt over what you did or anger and frustration and resentment towards what they did because we didn't take a cognitive look at everything with our spirit and discern and say, I need this switch turned off so that I can have a lifetime of it turned on. And that's what's right. so beautiful but, about the relationship you're creating. Well, I, I see that. And as I'm listening to you and I'm taking that in, I'm thinking to myself, so if we're, but we're preaching to, sometimes we preach to the choir, you know, like, mm -hmm. so Molly, when you're, when you're talking to women and they don't have that faith walk yet, what's your best advice to bridge it? So when I say bridging it, so you don't come across as, oh my gosh, this person's, I'm over here and they're over here. It's, we have to find some middle ground. And I have a feeling you're pretty good at that. Yeah. I usually just like to, like anything, I'm very big on share with me who you are. What do you focus on? What lights you up? Are you dating anybody? And just let people talk about themselves. People love talking about themselves. Yes. Right. And then that's the reporter in you. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, I want to pull, I want to pull, I want to learn. So I know what to ask and see. And I've gone through different leadership trainings where I can see different holes and kind of read people with their body language and even like their tonality of, okay, mm, there's something there based on that pause or based on like, they kind of like, you know, shuddered a little bit if we're like on video. And so I know I've talked to people who aren't as faith-based, but with the... I guess just how natural it comes out, it makes them comfortable. They know I'm not about to jump down their throats and I'm not about to get all preachy on them, right? But I just want to help them where they're at. I'm open. And, and honestly, I think the best way to answer your question is I just listen. Yeah. I listen and I, and I talk with them, not talking at them because I could be like, oh, well, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. I help them see a bigger picture and that picture is their worth. Mm. And so when I help them see their worth and I help these ladies say, or see that I'm expensive, I'm expensive because I'm a daughter of the King. Amen. I've, I am made in the eyes of the Lord. I'm expensive. So I don't want any man just coming over here thinking they can have my body. They can tell me what to do. They can, they can push me around because he wants some type of power. And so I'm showing them, Hey, stand up for your worth. And I even, I'm a huge believer and Johnny and I talk about this all the time in regards to, you know, talking with the man because men don't even talk about what they're doing to women and where the women right. are at. And they're wondering why they're not getting the queen that they want. It starts Amen. within two. So it's such a, it's such a topic that people don't get into the nitty gritty and the depths about. So if I can help a woman and she can be strong and be that Proverbs 31 woman and just be courageous. And it doesn't matter if she has one or two friends compared to 200 to 2000 friends, who cares? Yes. Quality is so much better. And society's clout with all this. You got to have a big following this and that shoot. I rather take my 24,000 followers on Instagram and bring it down to 200 and have those 200 be invited to my wedding and know that we're that close Yeah. and we're Amen. that aligned. And so people just miss out on that. And it's like, but these women, it, it comes down to worth at the end of the day. Cause yeah. when you really see like, boom, my worth is, is so much more than how you talk to me and treat me and this and that, because they know when something's wrong, we all have that like warning sign, like, right. like something's wrong. But so many of us just suppress it and ignore it 
and say, I'm going to push through it. And I used to be one of those. I used to be so headstrong and prideful. It was so ugly until God had to keep cutting me down, cutting me down, cutting me down, humble me, humble me, humble me. And now I'm just like, this is what it feels like. Oh my gosh. I wasted so many years (laughs) of being prideful and I could have just been humble this whole time. But every season has its purpose. Um, well, I'm glad you said that because some people just dig in and say, well, this is who I am. This is my past and I can't change. Um, these are the mistakes I've made. And, that, and, they, and they sink into that belief of themselves, identity. Yeah. their identity. And I, I, and I counsel a lot of guys, single guys or divorced guys. And I always talk about dignity. And here's a great example. Hey, guys out there, you think you have to be a bad boy to get a great girl that all the, all the good girls or, or they like bad boys. Here's a perfect example. Jonathan, Johnny's a good guy and he got a great girl because he's a good guy. Now, the opposite of that is sometimes what I see a lot is good guys. You know, Angelique and I, we always have girls coming to us going, hey, do you know any good guys? And let's face it, sometimes it's, it's few and far between because I'm not going to vouch for somebody I can't vouch for. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of guys who are, are, are okay, and, but I'm not going to vouch for somebody. So every once in a while, I come across some great guys where I'm like, this guy's a man of God. He's respectful. I know what he wants to get married. I know he wants to have children. And sometimes they end up with the bad girls. And I see a pattern there. Like you said, Mm -hmm. hey, look at how he treats his mother. Well, how does this girl's dad? And we see girls and the guy's like, I don't know. I treated her good. I did everything. And then we find out later on that what happened? Oh, or her dad was a womanizer. Her dad beat her or her dad yelled at her. And, And so... From a father's perspective, I've always been trying to be very careful about the way I discipline my daughters and the way I speak to them because my biggest fear is for some jerk to walk in the house at 16 and Angelique looks at me and she's like, well, that's because you yelled at her. That's because you were mean. I don't want that. So we have mm-hmm. to treat our daughters like kings and gentlemen out there. Queens. Qu- yeah, queens. That's what I mean. Sorry. But the gentlemen out there, uh, Molly, on the, on the flip side of that is, you know, Find out about a girl you're dating. If, if she is, you know, comes from a, a relationship, this isn't a blank statement, a blanket statement, but, you know, if she's looking for somebody like her father and her father was a mean guy and you're a nice guy, you're fighting an uphill battle, chances are. The problem is a lot of people don't realize that that's what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, like, right. no one goes out and says, my dad was a jerk, so I want to find a guy just like him, you know? Or you, yeah, she's dated right. five guys and they've all been jerks. And she's like, well, geez, I, I don't know why I keep running into these guys. Right. It's like, well, you're looking for that subconsciously. Well, it's not even so much a subconscious. Maybe it could very well be. I haven't studied that part of the brain, but I see it as a stronghold, you know, and it's spiritually, that's an Achilles and the enemy loves to play there. So, you know, and, and perhaps we can take it there. Like Molly, were there some strongholds that you've had to break off um, on your own through this journey. I love how this started out with business and we are here still. I, when you guys <laughs> asked me, I just knew I was like, there's something, so many people talk about business and business is great, but this is like, this is like the crux of, I mean, like of everything, like, everything. It just, it just well, has if to- the home is right, then the chances are the business. It, it, it's, it's a divine order, which we talk about, you know, if, if you got a business, right. And then you're trying to find the right person and, and then you're trying to find your faith. Good luck. Th- I mean, it could work out, but chances are you have a lot better opportunity if you go for the faith first and the surrender, like you talked about, Molly, surrender to God and his will and ask him where he wants you. And then, you know, it's a, it's a miracle. Once you do that, somebody comes into your life that blesses you, like you said, Molly, equally yoked. And then, you know, then your business blossoms and everything else yep. kind of steamrolls from there. 
Exactly. Your obedience in one area is just as important as all areas. So it's like, and you're going to be in your relationship far more than you're going to be in your business. Amen. Unless, unless your business is more important then that's a whole nother conversation. And then it costs but, you uh, your relationship. Yeah, exactly. And then you're sad. And then it's just the snowball that downhill and just gets massive and overwhelming. And then people just feel like they're drowning and there's no way out. There is a way out get a shovel, do the work, get in the trenches. It's not going to be easy. It's, you got to be able to make those hard decisions. Like, you know, comfort, comfortability is, it's a killer. It's a silent killer because guess what? Satan knows scripture too, you guys. He knows how to twist and justify so he can get you to be like, oh, well, well, if I just did this over, I'm still, a, and, and then the confusion comes in and God's not a confusing God. He's not a God of confusion at all. So it just, that's where people just get so messed up. That's why I keep my circle so tight because I have been in other business circles where the last one I was in before I came with the Dream Factory and the company I'm in now because about like 95% of us in the Dream Factory are believers. So we, we eat together, we pray together, we vacation together. Like we have such great community. Um, we work really well. But before then, I was in such a worldly uh, organization, I guess, if you yeah. will. Not that they weren't good people, but I'm like, I was totally a different person and I didn't like who I was becoming. And then I also saw this side of me too, which when you mentioned about the father part, my dad used to joke around with me. I love my dad. My dad and I are super close. He used to joke around with me saying I was his third son because I'm between two boys. And so I'd mm -hmm. act like, you know, a tomboy all the time. And so I, I used to have this like real masculine energy forever. And then I was like, ah, oh, like my king's not going to want this masculine energy. Like he's not going to want to, my king is not going to want to date another man. So like, well, we got to fix this. But then when I went to go search for like a mentor, a female mentor, roadblock after roadblock, I'm like, oh, I like you. Ah, uh, you got a divorce. Okay. Not that that, okay. No, I can't go there. Oh, I like, uh, no, I don't know. Nope, this isn't working. Like God was basically like, I'm here. You're here. I'm going to make you the person that you're looking for. So other women can come to you. And I was like, what? Like it was the craziest thing. So once I started blossoming into that and becoming that woman, more feminine, powerful, empathetic, like just softer, because I was very just like, well, if you don't like me, I don't really care. Like whatever, really abrasive. I used to be like very abrasive. Um, women kept following that. So I had to get out of that old culture because it, it had that masculine just aura and had to step into this feminine role that I've never really seen before. Not that my mom's not feminine, but just it was different. So that played a huge part because for the longest time, I even put up a video about this. My family was so hurt. I felt bad after the fact, but I knew I had to do it. It was like my dad semi-programmed me thinking like, oh, third son, you're just like one of the guys. Da, 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 da. Like I never had that. Let's talk about periods. Let's talk about feminine things. Let's talk about all this like feminine, like fluffy stuff. I never had that. I got books given to me. You can read about it. You can read about it. I'm like, what? Like, mm -hmm. no way am I handing yeah. my daughter a book to talk about any of this deep yeah. stuff because otherwise I'm leaving it to the world to tell her and I That's don't want right. the world to tell my kids how what's normal. Like, Say it again. I, Say it again. Repeat that yeah. phrase one more time. Come on. I, I do not want the world to tell my kids what's normal. And so when I have kids, I'm like, I'm constantly thinking, how do I want to educate them the different options? Because I've been in private school. I've been in public school. No to both of those. I've seen other school models. I've thought about the tutor. Like I've thought about so many different things because they're in a classroom six to eight hours a day 
getting feedback from people. I'm like, I don't even know what you're teaching my kids, let alone what the kids are telling my kids. Yeah. And then yeah. they're learning things that way. And so I remember going into public high school and then I'll set it back to you guys. Public high school as a freshman, like super, super innocent. My brother was a junior at that high school. So all his friends, I'll tell you what, I was so like peer pressured and like a lost yeah. little lamb. I didn't know what to do that it was, it was not good. It was not good. Like in, in high school, I'll, I'll, I'll say like, I became an alcoholic in high school. I got one taste of liquor and just, yeah. I was done. Mm. Now I wasn't that girl that slept around like at all. That was like, that was not my MO. I was like, absolutely not. But drinking like became a thing. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I just did not know. I just did yeah. not know. Yeah. And like, nobody talked about it. Well, that's a great point because a similar situation, it, what you could have great parents, you could have great kind of uh, spirit about you and, and do all the right things, but the devil comes in and, and it just takes one thing to tempt you and take you off in another direction. In other words, you got to have your guard up and that's where faith and that's why. So I had, I had a religion and I loved my parents and they were great parents and I had a religion, but the devil was able to pierce that religion very easily. Mm. Like all through even college, I was, I never went out. I never did anything. After college, I got into a relationship and I remember a girl that I was dating and she begged me to take an ecstasy pill on her birthday. And I said, no, I said, no, I said, no. And right before we went into the club, I said, yes, guess what? Five-year window opened up right there. The devil was in. The mm. five-year window was opened up. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I didn't have a strong enough faith. I had a religion and, and it didn't give me the tools that I needed. I didn't have the relationship. And that's why no matter how good we are as parents, no matter how good our, our intentions are, if we don't raise our children with a relationship with Jesus and a faith so they can count on him when temptation comes, then we don't really stand a good chance against the enemy because he's powerful. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Like, seriously, someone just preach a sermon on that. Yeah. That was, I went through the same situation when I was uh, in my early 20s. I, I had a religion, but no relationship. And I went down to slippery soap path, sampled a few things like you just mentioned. Yep. And I'm like, who is this person? Like, what? What happened? But God just put these people in my life. And I was like, oh, these are good people. And then it ended up turning into this whole big thing that I didn't even see coming and had to exit and basically drop what I thought was a best friend. It was the craziest thing because Satan was like, mm. she has a, she has her guard down a little bit, a window slip yep. in. Yeah. So well, we escape, so we escape with our lives. We escape with our lives. Some people don't. Uh, um, some wow. people don't escape with their lives or, or, or a fraction of it. And so you're right. That is, that is such an important thing, you guys. So what we're seeing here, if we could, if we could just kind of put this together, I think what Molly, you, the thing you said best is we are, we are not who we were in the past. We don't have to be. We, we can make mistakes, and, and the grace of God allows us to come out of those mistakes. But it's who are you surrounding yourself with, your women's group? Who are you surrounding yourself with in an intimate relationship, your king, Jonathan? Uh, who are you surrounding yourself in terms of not necessarily your religion, but your, your faith walk and your relationship with your maker? And now we're talking about totally different people. Now we're talking about how you can go down one hallway and it's, it's a bad hallway and just make that right turn and go, I don't know who that person was, but thank God I'm a different person today. And then the last part of that is 
the, the Christian responsibility is to pay it forward like you're doing now. So tell us about what that looks like. Tell us about what you're doing, how you, how you plan to pay it forward, what you and Jonathan have planned, and then uh, we'll wrap it up there. Gosh, that's so good because I, it goes along with one of my favorite quotes that I say in any presentation that I do, our story is meant to be mentorship to somebody else, like point blank period. So if you want to keep the things that you learn with yourself, you're honestly being selfish. And I call people out on that. I'm like, look, you need to be able to share this. And I've picked up some, I've had some people ask me to do some on-camera coaching with them because my experience in news and I'm just helping them get their voice on camera and build that confidence. But I'm like, look like this can go so much further. You need to be able to share this with more people. So how Johnny and I do it, we do it through the God-given you know, show that we do on Mondays. We're building up a YouTube channel for that. He has like a whole like merch line and other things he wants to do mm. with the God-given movement. Tell us about what, what, when can they find the show? Tell us real quick. So if someone's listening. Uh, on my Facebook, we can get the link, uh, Molly Trotter. Um, you'll be able to every Monday at 6 p.m. Okay. Pacific it's there. And then we're building up our YouTube. So we're putting all the recordings okay. in there as well. So people will just come in and just get immersed by what we're going through. Cause every time we talk about a topic, I literally think about what did we just go through? Mm-hmm. Correction. What do we just grow through? So we can have them grow with us and just show them, Hey, this is what we're doing. And you know, if you don't have any haters, you know, like if you have the haters, <laughs> you know, you're doing it right. So we have people that are hating, like you're trying to get professional advice and coach. I'm like, no, no, we're not. We're just sharing what it is that we're yeah. going through because people like you that want to scare me into not using my voice. I just block them. I was like, I don't need you block. Like, I don't yeah. need, I don't care who you are. You could be, you know, the Pope for all I care. I'm still going to block you. If you're going to bring negativity in my life, like yeah. it just, it doesn't matter to me. So how we choose to give it back is how we choose to show up um, on social media. Cause we built a really powerful brand there. How's we choose to show up in front of our friends? You know, we have single friends that they, they watch us and they're like, wow, like I want something like this, but God's been in it since day one. God's been in it the entire time. God was definitely in it during that engagement and he'll be in it throughout our marriage because Johnny and I aren't afraid to step out and, and talk to people. And we've been invited on a ton of different podcasts because people are like, this is different. I want yeah. to hear more. You guys are young. He's turning 26 in like a couple of weeks. I'm 30. So like, we're definitely young to talk about relationships, but we both have been through a lot and we're not afraid to show older, younger crowd, hey, this is where we're at. So we do it for free. We do it out of the kindness of our own hearts. People say, hey, you should do like some kind of coaching program with it, maybe down the road. But right now, God's calling us to just minister and give yeah. that for free and just give and let people yeah. learn from our mistakes, our hiccups, our growth, so then they can translate. It. And if they have questions, they reach out. Mm-hmm. And that fires me up, you know, more than anything. Like, I don't need to get paid for that. I know that God's using me and that is enough of a reward to know that God is utilizing me as a chess piece in somebody else's life to be that, you know, maybe that turnkey for them to, to switch it all around. Cause I know there's been key people in my life that have done that for me. Yeah. I I'm, I'm looking at that book behind you, uh, story brand. And I know you are, you're the guide. You're not the hero, right? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, um, so it, anywhere else people, so they can find you on Monday nights on your, on your Facebook and then you're having the YouTube. Johnny's got some merch coming out. You said, um, and then, uh, your professional, any, any, anything else that they can find you or work with you if they want. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram. So Molly Trotter, the whole, all the profile pictures will generally be the same. So, uh, just be careful. There's a lot of scammy people out there that like to scam people with my picture. So make sure it's Molly Trotter and <laughs> not anybody else's name because if people put the amount of like scamming people off profiles of my pictures, 
into like a business, they'd be yeah. highly successful, but yet they want to make money and build a foundation uh. off scamming people. So at the end of the day, I just caution people with that. I get questions about that a lot, unfortunately. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, if you have questions off of this or you just want to connect, like I'm all about that connection and building rapport because I just love having a great network of really strong people in Amen. any way that I can give and serve. That's what I'm here to do in whatever capacity that looks like. Hey, one more thing before I forget, and I think this is hugely important. And again, we could, we could have a whole show on this, but I just want to give us your best 60 seconds uh, because it's important. You are about to get married and there's a lot of couples who um, plan to get married in 2020. And then we had this just out of left field, but, and, and people can choose to sulk in that, but you're choosing not to. So just give us your best 60 seconds on, hey, you know what? We're just going to make the best out of this. And it's, it, we're just rolling with this COVID thing, even in the midst of, of our love story. So good. So a lot of people get stuck in marriage and the whole process and the planning and all that stuff. That's why it takes so long. Johnny and I love each other. We want to do right by God. We want to do right in our marriage. We want God to be the center. So we're literally in a matter of weeks from getting engaged, we're going to have a free wedding on Newport Beach, which happens to be my, my favorite place in the world with just family and like our bride and groom party. And we're going to do a big party later because here's the thing. It's, first of all, it's going to be super cost effective. I don't need to wait a year or two because of all these weddings being pushed back to marry my king and to start that life with him. Some people, the party's more important to me our relationship, our marriage, and how this is going to be unified with God, that is the most important part to me. So don't be so attached to what it looks like because marriage is about being unified as a couple, being one, and have God being the center. But too many people get caught up on the party. So we're like, eh, we'll do the party later. We'll figure that out later. But I want my closest people there, and I want us to have a great time and, and to get our party, a.k.a. our marriage, started. Amen. See, that's great advice for sure, 100%. All right. Well, we loved it. And um, I'm hoping and I'm sure that the listeners loved it. You know, you thought you're coming here for faith and business. And instead we talk about what it just looks like in our, you know, our faith walk versus our flesh walk in relationships, which therefore gets cross pollinated into everything we do. So whatever you're struggling with in, in your love life or your personal relationships, more than likely are a pretty good prime indicator of what we're doing wrong or differently in business as well. So Molly, we're so grateful that you came on here today and poured your heart and soul into this and just shared so raw and openly. Um, I'm your, sure we're going to want to have you and Johnny back. That's oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I want to get, I want to get both of you guys that. together. Yeah. I told, I told him, I was like, just wait, I have a feeling where this is going to go. They might ask again, just because when you get his perspective, yeah. when we, when we started the God given show, I knew for years, God wanted me to, to talk about relationships. I just didn't have that key piece. Yeah. Honestly, you guys, he's the key piece. And when you hear a man speak, like he speaks mm -hmm. on just how raw and open he is. And he's just so authentic. Like he doesn't have as much experience as I do in front of the camera and talking, but he's just so raw with it. Here it is. I know men and women will have yeah. such big revelations with that, um, with how he's chosen to live his life in his early twenties. So yeah, we would love to come back. We'd love okay. to be able to just, again, give and pour into people. We All love right. it. Well, thank you for, for coming on and, and joining us. We look forward to being Johnny as well. All right, guys, yeah, got it. it turned us on. I hope it turned you on. We'll see you next time. <laughs>